You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be born blind? You know, to never see the beauty of God's creation, things like trees and sky, maybe mountains, animals, even people, you know, to not have seen the amazing things that that mankind has been able to make. When we were in Shanghai, we went up on the second tallest building in the world, and man, the lift itself was just so smooth and so fast, and it was just an incredible experience, and and, and just imagine never to be able to see some of the amazing things like that that man has created. You know, close your eyes for a minute and, and just think, if you had to find your way home from church today, and uh, you would probably get out the building okay, you're familiar with the building, you would probably know roughly where your car was parked, hopefully you're not going to drive it, uh, but um, you would know round about where, you know, where your house is, because you have been able to see, you've been able to get there uh, in the past, but how good would you be getting out of here today and getting home if you had been born blind? You know, sight is a fantastic gift that we have. I'm about 70% deaf, and uh, it's a nuisance at times. It's a blessing at times. And uh, my wife calls it selective hearing. And uh, I could just roll over in bed onto my uh, good ear, and I heard absolutely nothing. You know, when the the children were crying or anything like that when they were younger, I didn't hear a thing. You know, it was was just a, a great gift to have at that time. But imagine at not seeing you know, family or friends or even yourself, what a fright that would may be. But I would wonder why out of me, out of the millions of people that, that are born with normal sight, why would I have to be born blind? Not only uh, in blindness, but any tragedy that happens to us, we wonder, why did I deserve for such a thing to happen uh, to me? And there's a story about this very thing in the Bible in John chapter 9 and verses uh, 1 and 10, uh, 1 to 2 we read. And he went along talking about Jesus and he saw a man blind from birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jews believed that when something terrible happened to you, it was because you had done some terrible thing. And so in this case, they assumed like it was either the man or it was his parents, one of the, someone in the family had done something that had displeased God. It says... It's because of your sin or because of your spouse's sin or your parents' sin. Imagine how the parents must have felt with this. The initial disappointment of having a child that is born blind, but then hearing that word is around town, that they must have sinned, that somehow they upset God. And then how did he sin? Like, excuse me, the whole question is quite stupid. He was born blind. He didn't even have a chance to sin. And they're trying to blame him for doing something. People are always looking for someone to blame. Maybe it's his mother's fault. Maybe it's his father's fault. Maybe it's his own fault. It's got to be somebody's fault. And I just want to give us four of the lessons that we can learn from this situation. First one I want to suggest is this, that every opportunity is an opportunity to see God. Every opportunity, opportunity, every situation is an opportunity to see God. In John, in John chapter 9, verse 3, Jesus responds this way. He says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, Jesus is not saying that Jesus deliberately caused this man to be born blind so that he could come along at a later date and do a miracle and make himself look good. Like, that would be weird, wouldn't it? I, you know, I, I don't think he was doing that at all. But we do live in a world that is not functioning as it should uh, because of sin. Man has rejected God, and in the final analysis, 
All physical problems are a result of sin and death coming into this world. But to blame a disability or a problem on a sin is a, and something that a person has done is beyond our wisdom to know. We are not God. Uh, how can we judge? When people cannot explain a dilemma, often they look for somebody to blame. And the problem with that, if we're looking for somebody to blame, then we're looking for somebody to fix it. And that is too much power to give to another person. I do not want someone controlling my life uh, in that way. I don't want someone controlling my destiny. Only God knows why a person is born with a disability. Only God knows why tragic things happen to us in life. And only God can turn that disability or that experience into something that will bring good to people and glory to his name. And he can do that if we will allow him to do it. So whether your disability is emotional or physical, we can use that disability for the glory of God. God made you in a special way for a special purpose, and he wants you to be all that you, he meant you to be, and he wants you to do it well. I remember when the hospital made a bad mistake, and they took away the hearing in my left ear, and added to that, I just had uh, limited hearing in, in my right ear, and so my left ear, which they took my hearing away, was my best ear. And I had about 50% left in, in the right. And uh, I thought at that time, well, I can never be a pastor. And uh, I can't hear people. And so I gave up my dream. And within a few months, I was asked to be pastor of the church that we were in. And we saw terrific growth uh, happen in that church over the next few years. Out of the death of that dream that I had came a resurrection. See, every, every situation is an opportunity to see God. If we will look for him and if we'll have faith for him to move. Second thing I want to suggest is this, that God looks for our response. Okay, he's looking to see how we will respond in the situation. It says in verse 6, it says, After saying this, he spit on the ground and made some mud with the saliva and put it in the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seen. So Jesus, he spits into the ground and he makes two little blobs of mud and uh, then he sticks the mud in the man's eyes. I don't think he would have got away with this. Even if the man could partially see, I don't think he would have got away with this. If the guy could see what Jesus was doing, he would have been like, back off, man. Come on, back off, hey, this is not, this is not on, hey. Then he tells them to go across town and wash in the pool of Siloam. That in itself was a mission to walk across town. How embarrassing. If you're blind, it's hard enough to walk across town. But how embarrassing to walk across town with two blobs of mud that are sticking out of your eyes. Like you're halfway across and you meet a couple of your mates from the beggars union and they say, hey, you've got some mud in your eyes. Let me take it. No, you leave my mud alone. You know, that's my mud. You know, leave it alone. See, this is a test of faith. Remember, he had never seen Jesus. He was born blind. He had never seen Jesus do a miracle. And first impressions would be that what Jesus was doing would do absolutely nothing to help this man. In fact, it would only make things worse. It would make his eyes uncomfortable. I can remember when he used to play football and you got mud in your eyes. It stung. Like first thing, when you've got mud in your eyes, you're looking for the St. John's man to come and to wash the mud out of your eyes because, because it hurt, you know, and, and it blinded you and, and it didn't help. It just aggravated the problem. Have you noticed sometimes when you're facing a major problem and you pray about it 
and it gets worse. Seems to be further, the answer seems to be further away than, than, than before you prayed. You're kind of wondering where is God in, in this situation. But with the encounter came these instructions, go and wash. This was the test. Would he obey Jesus? Sometimes when responding to God, it just does not make sense. You can't explain it to anyone. You just got to trust him. You just got to trust his word. You got to trust uh, uh, that what he says is, is true. And, and the situation seems to be getting worse. And you're just like hanging on to this promise that God has given to you. But it pleases the heart of God when you respond to his word in faith. Then the third thing I want to suggest out of this passage here is that every step is a blessing. To a blind man, every step is a blessing. It's not just about the destination. Every step is a blessing. It's just like getting and, and not kicking your foot on the obstacle next to you or not banging into something or not tripping over something. Every step you take as a blind man uh, is a blessing. See, don't delay your praise until you get to the finish line. Praise God for every step that he gives to you. Without hitting something, you know, praise God. Every step is a blessing. Paul said this, the Apostle Paul, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but there's one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind me. I'm reaching out to that which is before me. I press on. See, every step you take with God, count it as a blessing. God, just thank God for every step you take. God, I'm, I'm, I'm not fully out of pain yet, but I thank you that I'm better than what I were yesterday. I'm not out of debt yet, but I'm a little bit better than what I were last week. And, you know, I've got another step to take yet, but I'll praise you in this step. It may look foolish, me taking these steps and praising you, but Father, I know what you've spoken to me. And I'm taking some steps, and every step is a blessing because I know that you will be there. You'll take me to the destination. You know, the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Praise God for them. I'm one step closer to my destination. See, taking steps implies progress. It means that you're going, it's going to take a while. It means that you can't get to the destination just because you want to get to the destination or just because you saw a destination or just because you liked it or just because uh, you need it. Every step implies that there is a progress, there is some, a distance between you and before you reach your accomplishment. I shared with you a couple of years ago when I was here when I, when I had my hip replacement and uh, the next day the nurse took me to some steps and uh, the nurse told me I needed to walk up these steps, not just like two or three steps, it was like a whole floor of steps that she wanted me to walk up and my vision was to be fully recovered but for me to be, to be healed I needed to, this painful process of walking up steps. The nurse told me that the hip operation was the surgeon's favorite uh, operation. They get to use their tools. <laughs> so they get their knife out and they cut me open. And then he got his saw out and he cut off the top of the bone. Then he got his hammer out and he hammered a new piece down into the top there. Then he got a screw gun out and he screwed a new bit onto the hip and then stitched it all back together again. And the next day, the nurse wanted me to walk up some steps. <laughs> Didn't she know that I'd been cut, I'd been hammered, I'd been bruised? I thought she was being cruel to me. I thought she was one of those sadistic nurses. You know, they stand here. Any nurses in the house? They have that look, don't they? <laughs> they have this big long needle, you know, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Yeah, right, yeah, I believe that. But she stood alongside me to help me in case I stumbled. 
I used to be able to run up those steps two at a time, but now to reach my vision of walking without pain, I had this slow, painful process. Don't you feel like sometimes when God asks you to do something and go through something difficult and you say, God, you're asking me to do something hard. Don't you know that life has been hard to me? I've been hammered, I've been cut, I've been bruised. And God, you're asking me to do something which is really hard. But God is alongside of us to help us in case we stumble. See, I want you to understand that even when you cannot see your way clear, you have to go by what you hear and not by what you see. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This man was blind, but he wasn't deaf. See, when one thing breaks down, you've got to use, you've got to work with what's left. I've only got one ear, but it's better than having no hearing at all. I may not have no, my sight, but I've got my ears. You don't need anything that you've lost for God to bless you. Notice in the story here, the saliva didn't work, and the mud didn't work, and the talking didn't work, it only works if you work. The word only works if you act on it. You can hear it all day long, but if you don't act on the word of God, it's not going to do anything in your life. I can teach you all day long, but if you don't apply the principles out of the word of God, then it won't work for you. I can give you the recipe for a cake, but you can't eat the recipe unless you actually bake the cake. You're not going to get any joy out of it. The Bible says that the man went down to the pool blind and he came back seen. If he hadn't have gone down, he wouldn't have come back. It took some steps for him to do that. And the fourth thing I want to suggest is that you can see but still be blind. It says in verse 16, it says, Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner do such miraculous signs if they were, so they were divided? So the Pharisees, they were the religious rulers of the day, and their job was to keep the faith. But instead of checking out Jesus to see of who he said he was for real, instead of keeping an open mind, they had a closed mind there. They had already decided instead of building on the past, they were preserving the past. That's a mistake that often we can make, can't we, in church life? And when God wanted to do something new, they couldn't handle it. And they resisted Jesus. They were blind as to who Jesus was. And because of this, they asked the wrong question. They asked, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? Four times they asked the man, how did he open your eyes? Notice they called Jesus a sinner. They were already prejudging him. He was a sinner. He was not from God. They had already decided that. And so instead of investigating the miracle, they should have been investigating the one who did the miracle. So look in verse 24, it says, The second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know that this man was a sinner. And he replied, whether he was a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know I was blind and now I see. Then they asked, him a, they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? They were looking for a trick. They thought there was some magic or something involved here. So they bring his parents in and they ask him, is this your son? Maybe they got a twin brother, I don't know. And uh, they said, yeah, that's definitely our son. Well, how did this happen? We have no idea. Ask him how, how it happened. And so they bring him in again. I'm sure he did not want to be there. If you had just had your eyes open for the first time, you would not want to be in church with a lot of unbelieving believers. You would want to be outside. Wow, skies, birds, trees, girls. <laughs> He'd never seen girls before. He answered, I've told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? 
do you want to become his disciples too? See, his parents were frightened of them, but he was not. So he's having them on. And he knew they hated Jesus. And so in verse 28, it said, Then they hurled insults at him, and he said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that Moses, God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. And the man answered, Now, isn't that remarkable? You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, how could he, he could do nothing? And to this they replied, you are steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. That's one way to solve a problem, isn't it? Throw it out. <laughs> I remember the story about this man, he was demon possessed, went into the church in Fiji and they didn't know how to cast out the demon, so they threw them both out. Uh, that's one way of solving it, eh? The man, <laughs> throw the man and the demon out. <laughs> Verse 35, and Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Folks, notice, Jesus was searching for this man and found him. The Bible tells us that Jesus is searching for those that are lost. He is searching for you. Today, if you feel a long, long way away from God, he is searching for you. The Bible says he came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you're feeling lost today, Jesus is searching for you. Jesus had dealt with his physical blindness and now he wants to heal his spiritual blindness. He says in verse 36, he said, who is he, sir? And the man answered, tell me so that I may believe in him. This man got the question right, didn't he? He didn't ask, how did you do that miracle? Tell me how you did it. I can make a fortune. <laughs> you know, healing the eyes of blind people. Give me the clues. Come on, tell me how you did that thing. No, he asked the most important question because he knew that only God could open the eyes of a blind man. See, there is a more important issue going on here than a physical uh, healing. There's a much more important issue. He wanted to know God. See, it's great to be healthy. It's fantastic to know when God touches your physical body. But we need to always remember that that is only temporary. We are all decaying and dying. You know, your teeth are decaying, your hair's going gray, your body is winding down. I'm 76, I think I can, in my mind, I think I can run around the footy field, but my body does not cooperate. I mean, uh, <laughs> so any physical healing that you have is just temporary. Far more important is the healing of your soul. Are you ready to meet your maker? Far more important. This man got his life right with God. He wanted to know who the son of man was. In verse 37, and Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. This blindness happened so that the works of God could be displayed through him. Let's all stand, shall we, this morning? Just this morning, maybe you are really just struggling. You're in a situation, you're really just struggling just to see your way ahead. You're struggling what move to make. You're not sure what step to take next. You know, if you feel blind to what it is that you're supposed to be doing at this time. And yet God in the situation, and he wants to bring some glory out of this. He wants to manifest his presence. He wants to manifest himself. He wants to manifest his strength. He wants to show himself. And just maybe, just maybe the crisis, the situation that you find yourself in, God is setting it up to bring glory to himself you can let the works of God be displayed through you let's just reach out and pray shall we Father I just pray for each person here oh God Lord that as we walk this walk with you Father we 
we know it's not easy. Sometimes it's really tough trying to be a Christian, trying to live right, trying to please you, trying to know what to do next. It's not always easy. And then stuff happens in our life, oh God, and we wonder often where you are. And yet, oh God, we can testify, many of us that have walked for many years with you, that great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. That you're a faithful God, that you walk with us and that you'll keep us. Father, I pray that over each person here today that you, they will know your sense of your presence, the sense of your love, we pray in Jesus' name. We ask it. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.